Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. A busy mind is a sick mind. A slow mind is a healthy mind. And life becomes easier when we also embrace decay and death in our lives. Fred Matzer is a leading Dutch philanthropist, humanitarian, and philosopher. He headed a successful commercial real estate company and had a life-changing experience that radically affected his vision on life, death, and the human condition. Fred uses insights gained from his intuition to restore the dynamic balance and harmony in ourselves between people and in nature. And he does this through the work of a large number of foundations he has founded, such as the Fred Foundation and Essentia Foundation, of which he is a chairman. The development of consciousness is central to his life. He is the author of Beyond Us and Rediscover Your Heart, Seven Keys to Personal and Planetary Transformation. Uh, I'm really excited for you to listen to this interview with today's person of purpose, Fred Matzer. Hello, Fred Matzer, and welcome to the People of Purpose podcast. Wonderful to see you here. Um, this is round two for us, and I'm excited to dig a little deeper than the first time. Um, for those of you listening, uh, we I just did an interview last week with Fred, and it was really good. Um, but Fred's saying that he can do better, so I'm really, really excited to see what what comes of this today. Welcome back, Fred. Okay. Thank you so much, Tanner, for having me. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So we got connected. Um, I I'm an American, obviously, so I I'm not as close to like what's going on in the Netherlands. But it sounds like your work is a pretty big deal in the Netherlands. Um, Seems like you're someone that knows a lot of people around the world. I got to research you and your, you know, your mentor, Deepak Chopra called you a mentor. That to me says a lot about kind of the level of impact that you are having on, on people, um, especially influencing the influential people in our society today. Um, your story you. is really incredible as well. Um, I guess I wanted to ask you if you could kind of break down the beginning of your journey, um, kind of what what you took over from your dad and kind of how you transitioned into living a life that's more fully aligned to your sense of purpose. Thank you, Tanner. I was born in 1945 on the edge of uh, war and peace, World War II, in a family with four children. Uh, two of my brothers died, one uh, when I was very young, and the other one, alas, committed suicide. Um, because my father suffered from diabetes and Parkinson's disease, it was that in, when I was 19, just after high school, he asked me if I would come in, into his business because I was able to translate him. His speech was not that articulate. And uh, slowly but surely, uh, I, I could not resist and, uh, yeah, stayed in the business, although it was the idea that I uh, would do it for one year to test, but uh, it grew to into a strong relationship with all, also quarrels and different insights with my dad. And uh, slowly but surely, he got worse and worse and died when he was 77. So 
at age 26, I was CEO of a company with nearly 200 people. At the time, one of the biggest real estate development companies of the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And you asked too, what was the change in your life, the big change? Yeah, after his life, I stayed on for another five years and then I stepped back more into a supervisory role. And at the time, 1983, a friend of mine approached me and said, you have um, diabetes running in your family. I met an American healer and he was quite successful with helping me. Would you be willing to see him? And I said, okay. So it was that uh, in a ski resort where he resided at the moment that I met this guy and uh, he said, please sit down, have a big meal of fresh, fresh vegetables and brown rice. And I treat you with a minuscule portion of condensed nutmeg, an invention of Dr. Jonas Salk, the father of the polio vaccine. And he said, and it was quite uh, trustworthy. Uh, I treat him myself with this stuff and uh, he's quite happy with it. And so it was that we did the treatment. I got a profound massage after a hot bath. And then mm-hmm. the music of uh, We Are The World was playing. And I felt fantastic. And all of a sudden it came to me that a friend of ours, Sally, was breaking her right collarbone at the nearby slopes. And I knew and that I said too to the healer, she is coming here in the next 15 minutes and we will need an ambulance to go to the hospital. Mm. And so it was that she was there at the doorstep at the right time and she expressed that she needed a taxi or an ambulance, whatever. And from that moment on, I became very interested in the fact, how can I perceive information that happened somewhere else that is not detectable to one of my normal senses. And uh, yeah, then I started on a quest of how does information run through people, through animals, through trees, through stellar systems, through the earth. Wow. Wow, that's a beautiful journey that you've taken us through in, in just five minutes. Thank you so much. Um, I guess I want to I want to start kind of where I think a lot of people listening might be finding themselves, and that's probably in that role of having this certain obligation to your father to steward and and foster his company. Um, but you kind of having the beginnings of this understanding that this isn't really what you're meant to do in this world. That there's something much greater beyond that. Um, what what were some of the early signs for you that you were feeling a little bit? misaligned to what your sense of purpose, you know, ought to be, you know, when you were in this role, you know, running a real estate company? Yeah, it was already inkling. And at the time, you know, when your father asks you and he is ill mm-hmm. uh, to come and be finally his successor, it was not, not the situation to refuse. But being there five years after his death, in my mind, I went to sit on the top of a mountain and wanted to look into the valley in the little village where I was running around and ask myself the question, am I meant to be here? And the clear answer was not there. 
But then where? I, I did not know. I knew that there were already a lot of problems in the world. Humanity was suffering. There was a lot of chaos. Being back in the Netherlands, I uh, approached, I thought I, I go and uh, um, see the Secretary General of Red Cross, Red Crescent in Geneva. And I got access to this, uh, this man, a very kind man, Hans Heuk. And I said, I'm here to volunteer. Is there a job for me? And he said, well, you come at the right time. I realize that each year, five million children under five die related to the dehydration that goes with diarrhea. And mm -hmm. he said, there's a very simple intervention, oral rehydration salts, a combination of salt, sugar, and water that you can administer, give to the child, which is in 90% of the cases effective. So mm -hmm. you can find it everywhere. It's effective and it is super cheap. The problem only was we didn't know about it. Mostly it happened over there in Africa, in Asia, in Latin America. I was flabbergasted and I thought a little bit about it and I said, I'm going to do it, whatever it takes. What do you think about that situation going on um, with the you know, the dehydration from diarrhea and, and all the deaths. What about that specifically touched a nerve in you? Like, do you, where did you feel well, like the, this is a calling for me to be involved in this? Yeah, first of all, it, held, it, it happens mostly to innocent children. And all the knowledge is there. And why don't we act? basically because you cannot earn a penny on it. No dollar cent you can earn with it. So the attention of mankind goes to where you can earn money. Mm -hmm. And that's why, there was, that's why there was no focus on the huge, huge problem. Right. So you were real, maybe did that, did that kind of help you understand that your current post as a CEO of a real estate company is primarily geared towards earning money. Um, and you want to seek simpler solutions that have a larger impact are more aligned with nature. Um, is that essentially what happened? That's what happened. And I also realized that, yes, I had run that company and it was useful work. We built houses, shopping centers, a soccer stadium, recreational parks, etc. But I was not needed. There were thousands of people that were willing to take over. So what was I doing yeah. there? So it made sense also, also to relocate. Yeah. Okay. Let's go into this life-changing experience that radically affected your vision on life, death, the human condition. Um, what about that that healing experience? Um, like, what exactly happened, and how did that help connect you to a greater sense of purpose? Yeah, what what exactly happens? I did not know. At least at the time, still today, I do not really know. Although I feel I'm getting closer. What mm -hmm. it helps? It helps to um, in your brain. You have all kind of neurotransmitters. Mm -hmm. And what I understood from science, 
there's that uh, institute in London, I forgot the name now, um, but they found when you help to defund certain uh, neurotransmitters in your brain, and I think that comes close to an explanation of what really happened. Yeah, there's another way. What what people perhaps easier may can adhere to is if I explain it through brain frequencies. When people think uh, their frequency level is about 20 to 30 hertz per second, mm-hmm. but thinking is a way, an activity that prevents us from allowing to see what coincide what just happens without thinking but what is what is in contact with our awareness mm-hmm. so the more you slow down your brain rhythm the closer you come to the wider wider field of information and Interestingly enough, so when you are on a level of two to four seconds, which can happen by going into nature, listening to slow classical music and or meditation, you widen that field. And interestingly enough, but this is an assumption, when your brain rhythm rhythm is zero, it's death. And mm-hmm. For a living human being, it may be strange, but that, I think, is the highest level of to be informed. But you or the one that dies is not anymore there. It's one with the field of information, only it doesn't take part anymore in the in metabolism. It's just death. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. I got to watch your documentary, by the way, Beyond Me, since uh, our last chat. Um it, it definitely helped to add um, images and visuals to these concepts. I got to understand a little bit more about what, you know, what is going on in this experience, but it sounds like you basically kind of dissolve into this greater consciousness that we all share. And by, by being in that space, you feel incredible amount of like peace and joy and um, you tap into this kind of infinite intelligence and by doing so uh, just one time in your life, well, what I found was incredible is like you had this one experience for 10 seconds and you've devoted your life to like understanding that experience and living, living from a, a feeling that's as close to that as possible on a daily basis in order to serve. Um, can you explain kind of the level of conviction that you had coming out of that experience? My conviction is 100%. Mm-hmm. And I do not live it. I come close from time to time, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm easily distracted by daily life, also by the activity of all the foundations and the many, many projects with which we help people and uh, the ecosystem. Um, yeah, but it's difficult to maintain, to be there all the time. And it's okay, you know, we... But, but the realization, and this is a little bit more high over, that came from that is even more impressive. The infinite. 
and infinite is equal to me that uh, where there's no time and where there's no space is the womb and is the is the yeah is the womb of the finite time and space mm-hmm. so it's the best expressed and those that developed language already knew we are human beings and human is the finite time space expression of the being and to be means as sensei and sense which equals infinity mm-hmm. so a long long time ago people already knew that they were expressions of infinite unconditional love mm-hmm. so having seen that i am here to develop my consciousness in order to experience unconditional love mm-hmm. and to learn to act accordingly which i do with and without success but basically it's the road that we all are offered that we can heal that we can become one with the whole and all which basically is the infinite yeah can you break down this concept of the infinite and the finite and how they need each other in order to create life? Can you just explain the concept, uh, you know, in a, in a basic way so that we can all kind of, anyone listening is on the same, same ground as us um, intellectually? Um, yes, let me try an other inroad. Um, you can look at life as a line of cause and uh, effect, cause and effect. And so you go like, yeah, you, you're young, you get older and older and older. That is a road through time and space. Um, and that's the way that we live our lives linearly. But we also have a choice if we quiet ourselves more and more to have a life of transcendence. And that's an experience and a feeling. And we're not taught to live such a life, but if we experience such a thing step by step, baby steps, get feet, then perhaps the listener at a certain moment can experience it her or himself as well. Yeah. It's very difficult to catch the phenomena of an experience in words. Anyway, words always describe something when the experience is over, mm-hmm. the experience is gone the very moment you talk. Right. Right. And I noticed in your documentary, you you would talk about, um, you would be lost in this transcendence experience. Like the time you were in, uh, you were listening to the symphony, you're lost in the experience. You feel like you're in a timeless space and you ask why me? And then it all comes, yeah. goes away. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All of a sudden you're back in your chair. <laughs> yeah. And it's daily life. And you ask yourself, okay, 
Oh, tomorrow it's Monday, and I have a lot of stuff on my agenda. How am I going to do it? <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. What's going on when that happens, and how can we? It doesn't seem possible to just avoid that trap, but how can we? Having that awareness, yeah, like how do you use this? Yeah, just also accept that there's a busy life, you know. Yeah. But when you are in a busy life, also to know there's some another option that that can happen afterwards again, you know. It may never happen. I don't know. Right. I liked what you said about the the three different minds from this Native American uh, parable or, or um, you know piece of wisdom. Could you share that um, about the still mind? Yeah, that's busy an, mind? Yeah, yeah. It was a long time ago. I read somewhere in a book that an Indian saying goes as follows: a busy mind is a sick mind. A slow mind is a healthy mind, and a still mind is a divine mind. Mm. Mm. Wonderful, huh? Yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, another quote I come to that is, I, there's a paraphrasing, paraphrasing on something that I read in the book of Mirdab. And please, when you listen to it, think about where our attention goes. Um, in the book, there's the student and the teacher, and then the student at a certain moment asked the teacher, Just please tell me about God. And then the teacher says, But please acknowledge that the power beyond conception, growth, blooming, or flowering, decay, and death in itself doesn't conceive nor grows nor flowers, decays, nor dies. That is the power of God. And we, when we allow ourselves to profoundly become aware of this, it means that we have to accept conception, which people like, growth we like, flowering we like, but decaying and dying, no, not so popular. And it is important to think it's a reality and that life becomes easier when we also embrace decay and death in our lives. Mm -hmm. So what does that, what does that look like practically? Um, let's say I'm listening to this podcast and I'm, you know, I'm in my mid twenties and I think a lot about how I can grow myself and who I need to be but I'm here listening to this, uh, this more senior gentleman tell me that I need to embrace death and decay. What, what does that look like in my life? First of all, that it can happen to yourself. Second, that it happens every moment around us, close by or further away. Mm -hmm. And yes, allow yourself to cry and grieve but also accept it. It doesn't, um, it has no meaning to resist it. So it is part of life, death and decay. And, you know, when you're healthy and you're young, you perhaps don't need to be that much thinking of it. Why would you? But yeah, 
often we meet often painful obstacles in our life. And then it's important to have somewhere in your backpack an idea that might help you to come through easier. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I think kind of ties into this that you teach about is how the development of consciousness is central to life. How do you Mm -hmm. define consciousness and how is consciousness connected to purpose in your eyes? Well, consciousness is unseen, doesn't know time, doesn't know space. Mm -hmm. And consciousness for me is equal to infinity. And consciousness is the creation of through resistance of matter from subtle fields to very dense fields, like in the middle of the earth. Mm -hmm. So life itself, death as well, is an expression of consciousness. Yeah. So the finite in itself is not conscious, but it's an expression of infinite consciousness. And then I've long been looking for what is the phenomena through which matter comes to exist. And then I found um, the finite exists by the grace of resistance. So what I earlier said, oneness or unity is equal to unconditional love and um, eternity. Mm -hmm. And the finite express itself through resistance of the polarities, which is dual. All of a sudden, there's no zero, but there's one and two. So then there's a split in that unity, in that oneness, in that infinity. So we all are constructed or part or born into that system of separation. Mm-hmm. And the question then is, why do we need to be separated? I think when you ask about purpose, people of purpose, the idea is that we come to see that separation to learn about unity. That it's, yes, one thing to live, to live a sequential life, but we also have the possibility to transcend Mm -hmm. and a little easy thing that everybody can do is for example we have two eyes and with those two eyes we can look at millions of images in in a minute or whatever but if we start to gaze then you all everything comes together you know it's a and and for me gazing is something that happens when I am relaxed and I feel often much better when I gaze than when I focus. Yeah. And what about gazing is happening? You're, you're basically creating some sense of unity rather than separating your focus onto certain, like tuning into one thing and yeah. tuning out others. 
yeah, you don't think, you allow yourself to be thought. And what I sometimes say, you know, mm-hmm. thinking is when God wants to speak with you, you hear toot, toot, toot on the telephone line. <laughs> and and when, when, when you gaze, you allow yourself to be thought, and God mm. can inform you. You are out of the field of thinking, but still are able to receive quote-unquote messages from beyond. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely noticed that. Um, there's, there's always like limits to what we can do as humans. And if we are, let's say I'm focusing on a problem, focusing on a problem, trying to figure it out, maybe it's a business problem or a relationship thing, at some level, you need to stop thinking and stop focusing and allow yourself to be thought and the messages will come. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you feel that yeah. greater sense of clarity and peace when you do yeah. let go of your mental hold over this. You're going to see yeah. it from a different angle, see it in a different light, see that it's not yeah. as severely, intensely negative as you think it is or whatever. Yeah. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for listening to part one of this interview with Fred Matzer on the concept of developing your greater consciousness to live a life of transcendence. Be sure to listen to next week's episode as we wrap up our conversation with Fred talking about psychological safety and its role in peer groups, the value of mentorship, and much more.